Welcome, baseball family, to this week's episode of the podcast. We're going to talk playoff runway, World Baseball Classic roster updates, and emoji tears right now. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome back, baseball family, to another episode of the Baseball Together podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brig, and I got Mr. Bradman right here with me. How are you this fine day, Brad? Good. Making it through the long weekend, bracing for the week ahead. How about you, Brig? I, I am bracing as well. Got a little bit of a tummy tum problem going on today. Don't know what that's about, but here we are. It's very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so, very exciting. Might have a mid-episode mid break here while I just chase this dragon. So we'll see what happens. All right. Baseball family, we have a couple of things we want to talk about. If you were with us on Thursday night when I flew solo and went into some of the, the season changes for the scheduling that are coming in 2023, I kind of gave you a, a little bit of an idea of what you to expect, how every team is going to play each other coming up. And there's a bunch of big changes to how many games will be played against each team, what's interdivision, what won't be in the division, etc. However, there are some updates that we have and I wasn't able to get into on Thursday. Uh, and Brad, will you pull up the overlay and let's talk about these? Got a couple it. things like we have our key dates decided, right? The key dates are going to be Thursday, March 30th will be opening day. That's exciting. That's not as far away as it it has been sometimes. Well, especially this year with the lockout, it was so late. Yeah. Like that's going to be yeah. that's awesome. Obviously, April 15th will be Jackie Robinson Day, that's standard. Lou Gehrig Day as of the last couple of years will be June 2nd. It's one of my favorite baseball holidays. MLB mm-hmm. starts their world tour June 24 and 25 where they will play in London. Uh that will be the Cardinals and the Cubs traveling to London. And then we've got the All-Star Game in Seattle this year, July 11th. Yes. Yeah, Brad's pumped about that. Are you going to go? Are you going to try to go? I don't know. It's <laughs> it's going to be so tough. Between that and the World Baseball Classic, I might have to make yeah. a decision. I think the decision is going to be the World Baseball Classic just because it'll be easier logistically and, to get to. And it doesn't happen every year. Right. Exactly. The All-Star Game happens every year. Anyway. Not in Seattle uh, every year, but anyway. That's correct. Yeah. Sunday, August 20th, will be the Little League Classic. Um, Roberto this time Clemente we know. Day. Yeah, right. They've just they decided <laughs> to tell us at all, not just this far in advance. We will celebrate Roberto Clemente September 15th. And um, game 162, the final game of the season, will be October 1st. For those of you that didn't listen in, Brad, will you give us a, some of these highlights off to the left-hand side here in yellow and tell us what we can expect to change Yes, so it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a balanced schedule. We'll play everybody. is going to be a great way to go. Um, so this it kind of breaks down 52 division games, six total interleague games, which means that the American League is going to play an American League team is going to play 64 games against American League teams, but they'll also play 46 total interleague games. So the American League and National League teams will play 46 total games that way. Um, all 30 clubs will play on opening day, which is Thursday, March 30th. They'll also play on Jackie Robinson on April 15th. Sorry, Jackie Robinson Day on April 15th. Lou Gehrig Day on June 2nd. July 4th, Roberto Clark 
on September 15th and game 162 on October 1st. That is to help with playoff pushes so teams don't sit their stars. Um, so your whole yeah. your entire year next year is like all set up. I already know when the Mariners are going to be in Phoenix this next year. So I'm making plans. All right. <laughs> Correction. I've made plans, actually. So. <laughs> plans so have been that. made. The Rolodex yes. has been accessed. The red ink is on the page. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. Yes. So very cool. I, think I know great. you're really excited about the balance schedule. I am. I think it's a big deal because, yeah. um, I, I mean, I understand that, you know, you've got to, you've, you've got to play more division games. That's just the way it works, but it yeah. helps to balance out like teams in the, in this, in the AL central and the NL central, right? The central divisions for the last few years have been weaker than, than the coastal divisions. And it, it's kind of been rotten for those coastal divisions to beat up on each other. Right. But I don't know. I feel like it's it's going to help the standings, right? Is is how I feel it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna play out. I don't know. I, I get I get bugged by it though. I get bugged by having to get beat up by the Astros all the time, and then the AL Central is like they're just bad. It's like get some yeah. more of those games in the schedule so we can get a little pad that schedule a little bit, right? And even things out. Yeah, even things yeah. out. No, I think that is the benefit overall. I think having stars coast to coast and everybody getting to see everybody basically. Mm-hmm. Um, is going to be a good thing for like the fan base, which is what I care about anyway. So right. honestly, yeah. that's, that's where I see it. I see some drawbacks, but like I said, on the Thursday yeah. night live, we're going to see some major benefits in terms of rivalries developing. And I think mm-hmm. that's one of yeah, the coolest things. Like they're going to open it up with San Francisco giants are going to go to play in the Bronx for the first time since like 2016. And that's like one of the oldest rivalries in the history of baseball is the Giants and Yankees. Now they almost never play each other now, so they're going to revitalize that. And I think Mm -hmm. that's a really cool opportunity. It is. It is. The one one drawback that I see, like the biggest one is travel. It's going to be brutal on everybody. But as a Mariners fan, I'm like, yes, finally. Everybody suffers. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Everybody has to make that trip. But anyway. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's move on to level things. Let's move on to Dallas Keuchel because he's joined Robbie Cano having been DFA'd again for the third time this season. Um, th- this time the Rangers said, okay, thank you for your time. Don't come back. No soup for you. And here we are. We just <laughs> dated my, I just dated myself anyway. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think of Keuchel? What, what's happening here? It, it could be that he's washed. I mean, with the Rangers, he only pitched – he pitched 10 innings. Yeah. Uh, he had two starts. Was yeah, all. It was like two or three. Yeah. But he, he struck out seven. He walked four. He gave up a home run. He gave up 14 runs, though. I think that is the problem. Not the home runs, not the walks. The problem is the runs, um, as you know, Brig. And so. <laughs> uh, Way. That was a great callback. <laughs> really Thank you. Good. So yeah, I, I think that he he very well could be done. Like this could be the end of it for yeah. Keuchel. I mean, I thought that after Arizona DFA'd him though. You did, yeah, you did. I, I think so. I mean, somebody might pick him up, bring him in on a minor league contract in the spring, and we'll see what happens there. But I doubt he's on a big league roster again. You mean ever again? Right. Yeah, yeah. that's how I feel too. Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for you to say something I could disagree with, but you didn't, and so there we are. <laughs> 
Very excited. <laughs> I I think part of this is payroll, but I think part of it is he's washed and it's over. So he could he they, could end up. He's only thirty four. He could still go play in Japan. Right, right. Japan or or Taiwan or Venezuela or anywhere anywhere. Or really. Korea. Yeah. Yeah, Korea. That'd be cool. Let's talk about Albert Pujols for a minute. Albert Pujols, the machine himself, has now successfully eclipsed Barry Bonds at, at having homered off of 650 different pitchers. It's very exciting for the MLB historians who don't want to talk about Barry Bonds ever again. Um, this is one <laughs> step closer. That's really exciting for them. It's also a super funky, unique stat that I really like that he's homered off of 650 unique pitchers over what has been an amazing career. So congratulations on that. However, as of right now, he has 695 career home runs. That's amazing. He's five away from reaching the 700 club, and that's where we all want him to be. I don't care what you're a fan of. If you're a fan of baseball, you should be rooting for Albert Pujols to hit five more home runs. You just should. You should. You're right. Um, so do you think he'll get it, Brig? Yeah. Five home runs in a month? Yeah. Do you? I think he will too. Um, I actually saw something over the weekend where somebody is either on the radio when I was driving with my dad last weekend, or I read something online. I can't remember which one it was, but people were saying like teams are throwing either a throwing a bunch of rookies out there and letting them lob stuff up to pools or guys are just grooving stuff for him so that he can progress yeah. in the record books i've heard that i've I also it was heard an that, interesting take I, I yeah well and I, I wanted to ask you about that because what i heard was a little more nefarious that major league baseball was allowing him to bend some of these rules or maybe offered him a cork bat or any number mm-hmm. of things in order to make sure he does i don't see that being the reality but again i'm holding to the ideal that i don't want it to be the reality um but I don't think so. If it's not systemic from a league perspective, then I think it could be systemic socially, like you're saying. I don't see that being outside the realm of possibility at all. Yeah, that they want this. They want this guy who's been clean his entire career to yeah move up in the record books. And the other thing I heard was uh, that Major League Baseball is using using juice baseballs in Cardinals games. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that too. And I think I think that is actually likely because we've heard guys talk about how primetime games, the baseball feels a little bit different. Yeah. Well, and I think that, I mean, that that there's no transaction required with Albert Pujols that would potentially indict him or violate his integrity. He doesn't put him in a compromised position at all to just – supply the game with a different baseball if you asked him to have mm-hmm. a corked bat or if you gave him opportunity to you know bend the rules with a substance or or who knows what as we have seen and heard being bandied around online i the reason i dispel those and i, I want to dispel those thoughts and conspiracy theories is because those require a transactional relationship with the man himself and i don't think he's willing to put himself in that position I don't think the league is going to put him in a position to have to make that decision, mm-hmm. but supplying the team or the, the games, the umpires with, you know, these balls that are maybe a little hot that, that I can see and teams deciding to groove him a couple here and there that I can see because it in no way indicts him. None. Right. Exactly. He's just going to go up that's... there and swing it. 
Yeah, I think you're exactly right with that because the risk of him swinging a cork to bat is so, so, so high. Not only for him, but for the game of baseball itself. Because Sammy Sosa broke one cork to bat and it was over. Nobody that believed that he hit a legitimate home run in his entire career. And it went, you know, and he and he fed the line like, oh, it's a batting practice bat. And I got confused. Even if it was, everybody's like, Sorry, no, bro. that's not that's not how that works. That doesn't happen. And that's Tatis is in the same spot right now. Fernando Tatis Jr. is now we're all sitting there wondering, like, oh geez, man, maybe all of the things we thought about you were fabricated. Yeah. Yep. There's <laughs> just no word, it's not worth the risk. <laughs> Did you see the picture of Tatis the other day? Somebody showed it had like a side by side image. Um, one was Tatis as a rookie, and one was him during spring training this last year. So no. the one of his rookie season, I think he was wearing a cutoff t shirt, just like a regular like cutoff t shirt. And then the yeah. one from this from spring training this year uh, was like almost like a halter top, like the way that it was cut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it was cut around the neck and then like down. Uh, like across his chest and everything kind of like a raglan sleeve yeah and he was like he was way bigger in the second picture than he was in the first i was like oh yeah there it is that'll that'll do it well that's not helping now photoshop goes a long way and for those of you that know victoria's secret like i do um you you know that a lot can happen there anyway (laughs) we're excited about albert Pujols baseball family we want to know what you think about uh, these conspiracy theories are we off base here do you think as bad as corked do you think he's in cahoots with the league to make sure that it all stays under wraps and he gets the record and we all go about our merry way thinking it's all done cleanly or or do you think that uh, that this is a social decision based on uh you know pitchers and managers and pitching coaches and his buddies around the league making it happen for him or is this pure is this 100 percent they're just doing their job he's just doing his job and he's making it happen some of the numbers are interesting though he since the break things have spiked for him and that's where all these conspiracy theories come from so they're not all the way baseless something may be going on that's what i I will say this is important to say that i will say this. this is something i feel like is important to consider with this is that i don't think you necessarily need a corked bat juice baseballs or guys grooving to him Given his schedule for the rest of the season, Nats, yes. Pirates, Milwaukee, Cincinnati, and then you've got San Diego, LA, and then you've got um, the Brewers again. But then you finish; he finishes out the season with six games, six games against the Pirates. He might hit six home runs in that series in those two series. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't so, exactly have a juggernaut of a schedule or a gauntlet of a schedule coming up, so he could very well right. hit 10 home runs between now and the end of the season without he could. any help. He could. I wouldn't put I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if they he gets to 700 and they bench him and he gets a rest up for October. I wouldn't be surprised by that either. Wouldn't be surprised either. We'll see what happens. Yep. Let's yep. move on. The Pittsburgh Pirates have decided that they need a Hall of Fame for their organization, something that most teams already have. And most teams have already have for, well, I don't know, since Abe Lincoln was president. And uh, Pittsburgh decided to show up and do the same things. Very exciting for them. Um, they have lots of <laughs> – I'll stop beating it up. I was going to make more jokes, they've but I won't. They, they've been around for 135 <laughs> years, Brig. Why don't they have a Hall of Fame? What? I don't know. What are they doing? I don't know. Oh, we it's just didn't get to it. It's Golly. stupid. 
especially with some of these. So I'm sorry, but like Take it with away. some of these Take guys away, who they inducted into the Hall of Fame, this is their inaugural class. And it's like, how do you not have a Hall of Fame with some of these guys? So they inducted 19 members into this class. Yeah. Some of the notables, you got Bill Mazarowski, a guy named Roberto Clemente, Willie who? Stargell. What? Right? We only celebrate Honus his birthday Wagner. every year. <laughs> what? Honus Wagner, who was <laughs> on one of the most famous baseball cards in the history of the world. And then they went For ahead sure. they brought in some Negro League stars, Oscar Charleston, Josh Gibson, and Buck Leonard. That's Excuse only me, a few the Josh these... Gibson. The Josh Gibson, I apologize. <laughs> but oh, they had 19 guys. They're like, yeah. you know, let's get around to that. Let's well, can you blame them for doing it this season? Like, they need you, it. You gotta have they needed something. What well, a great... They've needed something I to mean, sell tickets to in the last 10 years. I know. I know. Yeah, and it makes me wonder, like, if they don't have a team Hall of Fame, do they have the team, like museum like every other ballpark has a team museum right. you think with that beautiful park they have they'd already have a space set up for that and they would have thought about that when they build the park who knows brad but this is an astonishing fact that they have this is their inaugural hall of fame season for the franchise in september <laughs> right <laughs> Right, and celebrate each eliminated from the playoffs. They, they should, you're right, they shouldn't even think about that. They should have done it in April, and they should have taken all 19 of those people and mathematically separated them between all the home games and done a series uh, or a home game celebration with that person's family and their blah, 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 for the history and a little tribute video. Stupid. <laughs> It's this is ridiculous. Now I'm now I'm more upset than I was before. (laughs) Brig, I screenshot this. I screenshotted this and went back and read the headline several times. So I a so I wouldn't forget about it, and b just so (laughs) to make sure I was reading it correctly. Then like this is their first Hall of Fame class. That means they didn't have one before this weekend. Like I know, I know. Oh boy. Are there now? I want to know who else doesn't have a Hall of Fame. <laughs> like, do the Mariners? Yeah, they do. Yeah, I've they been, do. Each year, was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Long yeah, that's right. That's weekend. right. That's yeah. right. And they've been around <laughs> for seven years, and they've never made it to the playoffs. Maybe up yeah. against Pittsburgh. <laughs> Sorry, I had to needle you a little bit, but that's um, fine. That's fine. But it's, it's, this comparatively, year. it's it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I wonder if the A's don't have a Hall of Fame. Even with Ricky Henderson and Raleigh Fingers and No, they they do. I'm just teasing about all the A's. What? But that's like there's another opportunity that for them to cut costs. Yeah. (laughs) But it's also an opportunity for them to make money. We used to have a Hall of Fame, but it was too expensive. (laughs) So maintaining all those those plaques, all that memorabilia. Those Philadelphia athletics teams, we just don't care anymore. (laughs) They were only like the dynastic best team in baseball for, I don't know, 15 years. We'll name the field Ricky Henderson Field and call it good. That's it. Game <laughs> over. That's the end of it. He's the only one that matters. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> Seattle swept Cleveland. Um, this is huge because Seattle has been on a tear. 
and Cleveland is is playing very well. So for Seattle to sweep Cleveland, uh, I think it's it bodes well for them and their playoff prospects this 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 year coming into the playoffs. Their status in the wild card race is further. I'm not going to say cemented, but it's in a much better place than it has been ever. It is. It's in a Brad. great spot right now. Yeah. I think they're so, officially, as of right this minute, they're in the number two spot, one half game above the zero line, the break-even point, which is held by Toronto, and they're wedged between Toronto and Tampa Bay. Yeah, and Toronto swept a doubleheader today, and that was that was a big deal for them, especially since the Mariners lost to the White Sox today. But I'm not going to hold that against the Mariners losing because they won seven in a row. They won six out of seven over the course of like a week against the Guardians. Yeah. And, um, and so yesterday on Sunday, they had the four and a half hour rain delay game took like eight hours to finish. And then they got to hop on a plane and play an afternoon game today. I'm surprised they didn't bump it. It's Monday. Play night game. Play night game. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They were on the ground for like 12 hours by the time the game started. Um, and you know, and it came down to the last out because they had the winning run on second base. Tying run on third and ended up uh, coming up short, but I was kind of like, "It's fine, it's fine." The difference it, in the game was a Mitch was a play Mitch Haniger tried to make in the outfield yeah. at the wall, hit the glove, went that. over the fence. Oh my gosh! It's like, it man, was really a good and solid effort. It was. Yeah, but, it was. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought overall the Mariners had a good effort today, um, yeah. despite everything yesterday. And I, I am not at all concerned about the home stretch, especially given the schedule. We got the Braves later this week. Yeah be a good time but other than that not a big deal going forward is it in atlanta or is it in seattle no, it's in seattle that's what i thought that's awesome so, that's a great that'll be a great series to watch actually it will be it's going to be a really good litmus test for the mariners too to see exactly where they are against a team with elite pitching and yeah. just great next offense. level offense too yeah exactly i love that good cool, cool. Aaron Judge launches home run number 54. That puts him currently on pace for 64 total on the season. Again, magic number is, what are we at? Eight? It's the magic number to reach 62. That's eight, right? Yeah. Yep. So, um, I mean, I'm thrilled, but he's literally carrying the entire team on his back right now. There's a meme going on right now about he missed batting practice because he had to go to the emergency chiropractor for carrying a collective 3,000 pounds of the team's weight on his back for the last 15 days or whatever. I thought that was so funny. (laughs) And it's not wrong either. No. He absolutely has been. The entire lineup is batting in the, like, below the Mendoza line collectively or right at it. And then uh-huh. he's he's killing it. He's the only one doing anything at the plate right now, and it's it's bizarre. So and speaking troubling. of bizarre, um, when did Andrew Pen- Benintendi get hurt? Because he's having wrist surgery, right? Two days ago. Yeah, it was two days ago. It was like the Yankees whatever. won yesterday and one Sunday and Monday. Yeah, I'm telling you, that's a great thing. It, it they is also a great called thing up won. a couple of prospects. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, um, big-time prospects. But is there a chance that Bendy's good in the club? Of course there is. 
I mean, because this could just straight up just be coincidence, right? They go and they lose all these games after the trade deadline, whatever. Things happen, right? Yeah. Teams have cold spells, have bad months here and there after being incredibly hot at the beginning of the season. Things leveled out, a lot of averages and everything. But at the same time, though, things went south when Ben Intendi was brought in, and now suddenly things are looking up now that he's yeah. got to have surgery. I got to give it more than a couple of games, but it's interesting. And it's interesting because it, why did we all sit and think, oh, Joey Gallo was the towel waiver? But may, we didn't even stop to consider that Ben Intendi could have been a problem. That's interesting, Brad. And like you said, it's only two games because the Yankees are not going to let themselves get swept by the race. Nope. Right? No. Th- that's just not something that they're going to let happen. Yeah, it, and then this it, is it, a know. game against the against the Twins. The Twins have been up and down, and you know you catch the Twins on a on a bad day, and you're gonna you're gonna anybody can beat them. Anybody, but beat. yeah, yeah. I think it's something to pay close attention to over the next week. That's really cool. That's See a how good, things go. That's a shot in the arm for my happiness because I needed it really bad, and I didn't oh, know that I'm it glad. would come from you, Brad. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the most unexpected places. Positivity for a Yankee fan. You blackjack Brad, you. <laughs> Let's move on to happier news. Okay. Paul Goldschmidt, affectionately known as Goldie. Goldie is in the Triple Crown race. And for those of you that don't know what a Triple Crown is, um, it means that he is going to lead the league in batting average, home runs, and runs batted in RBIs or ribbies if you're not into the or if you're into the whole brevity thing. Anyway, his average right now is 332. That puts him first place in the National League. Freddie Freeman and and Jeff McNeil are the only two anywhere near uh, a threat to that. Freddie Freeman's at 324, Jeff McNeil 317, all three of which are outstanding ballplayers, and they're they're doing really well. McNeil's having an unreal year. I know. Yeah, he really is. Home runs... Uh, Goldie has 33 total. It puts him number two behind Schwarbs. Kyle Schwarber has 36. Uh, and RBIs are at 105. That's tied in the league with Pete Alonso at first place. They both have 105. So it's interesting because, well, he could he could pull in more RBIs than Pete Alonso. He could. He could. Yeah. Um, do you? Th- I think that. The most secure part of this is his average. I think that's the one that right. yeah. stands. He'll hold the lead there. I don't think that's a problem. And um, I think the home runs are the only issue. They could be. But like we talked about before with Albert Pujols, um, with the, record, the Cardinals schedule is pretty schedule. favorable as far as, as far as opposing pitching goes. So he could hit a yeah. whole bunch in September. Yeah, you're um, right. I'm looking right now at the Phillies to see what I can find out about their schedule the rest of the way because yeah, that's the other thing with the Phillies too is they have to win, so they just have to they just have to play, they just have to play to win. Um, yeah, and they have they have Miami, Washington, uh, Miami again, and then Atlanta, Toronto, four against Atlanta, Cubs, Nats, and then end the game or end the season against Houston. So Schwarber could could hit a bunch this season or yeah, the, but it, the end of the season as well. But he's going to play Atlanta and Houston. Right. And Toronto. Only two games against Toronto, though. Yeah. Seven and when they're Atlanta, on, they're good. Three and against off, Houston. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay, so this really could be 
this is within reach for Goldie. I know he's capable, but Schwarber mm -hmm. might have to slump a little bit on the way to making this a reality. That'll be interesting to see what, what happens. Which is absolutely possible given the fact that he's leading the NL with only 36, only, quote-unquote, 36 home runs. Right, right, right. Yeah. Because of where the American League is, I say only. Yeah, 54. <laughs> yeah, it's astounding. Exactly. It's literally astounding. I think he can um, get it, though. I think so. Do you want him to get it? Is this a triple crown thing a big deal for you? I think it would like, be really cool. Yeah. I think it would I be agree. awesome because I actually saw something the, the other day. Um, Jerry DePoto had a conversation with Julio Rodriguez after he signed his extension. And uh, Julio says that he likes to prove people wrong. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he wants to break baseball or whatever. Yeah. One of the things was that he, he said people told him he couldn't play center field at the big league level. And DePoto was like, I yeah. know you can. I've seen you do it. He's like, one of something I don't think you can do. And that's win a triple crown. Ah. He's like, all right, it's on. So I'm kind of like, it'd be cool to see you guys get the triple crown because i wonder how many of them are actually going for it because i know julio is going to be gunning for it the next few years yeah right yeah and so i think it would be really cool if paul goldschmidt goes up there and hit, goes yard or tries to go yard every single time he he gets up there and hits a few doubles along the up his batting average and, and gets the triple crown i think it'd be cool so baseball family the reason the triple crown is even worth discussing obviously it's it's neat to see guys be that successful but um a quick count that I just conducted here shows that there have only been 27 offensive Triple Crown winners in the history of Major League Baseball. There is a pitching Triple Crown, but we're not going to get into that. We're going to just stick with the offense today. And uh, some of the names on this list are going to put Goldie in really good company. The last time somebody won the Triple Crown was 2012, and that was Miguel Cabrera. Uh, obviously he played for Detroit. He did that with 330 or average of 300, 330, 44 home runs, and uh, 139 RBIs. Yaz, Yastrzemski, Carl Yastrzemski, 1967 won the Triple Crown for Boston, batted 326, 44 home runs, 121 RBIs. And I'm not going to give you every detail, but I am going to read off the list because it's a short list. Ready? The remainder Go of the list, Brad, is Frank Robinson, Mickey Mantle, Ted Williams, Ted Williams, that twice, Ted Strong, Lenny Pearson, Joe Medwick, Josh Gibson, Josh Gibson, the Josh Gibson, by the way, um, my main man, Lou Gehrig, Jimmy Fox, Chuck Klein, Willie Wells, Mule Suttles, Oscar Charleston, Rogers Hornsby, Oscar Charleston again, Heavy Johnson, Rogers Hornsby again, Oscar's Charles, Oscar Charleston again, Heine Zimmerman, Ty Cobb, Nap Lejoie, thank you, and Tip O'Neill and Paul <laughs> Hines. <laughs> That's it. The first time it was 1878 was the first time it happened. Last time it happened was in 2012. Nice. So it's a big deal. Baseball family, pay attention to Paul Goldschmidt right now. And, uh, you know, Maybe hope that Kyle Schwarber slows down a little bit because it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm honestly of the opinion, though, though, that you should always be paying attention to Paul Goldschmidt. Totally, and he's going to win the MVP this year anyway. Yeah, he is. There's no, there's yep. no. I don't think there's any question about that. Zero. All right, let's all. move on. Wednesday, the Phillies beat the D-backs, which you know is great for Phillies fans, and it's bad for they needed. They fans. needed it. They definitely they, needed it. They did, but the, the astonishing thing about this is that they did it 18-2. to two. That's part one. 
Part two is they did it without hitting a single home run. Fantastic. Great for baseball, and it's great for Paul Goldschmidt. <laughs> <laughs> By the way. <laughs> Schwarber could have easily hit three in that game. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. But this... I saw something that said this is definitely the first time this has happened since 1901. Don't know the last time it's happened. That's it's incredible. In a in a day yeah. and age when everybody's hitting home runs all the freaking time, Every especially day. in a in a game where there are 20 runs scored. Yeah, they didn't hit any. Just going small station ball. to station, small ball. Exactly. Production Put the baseball. ball in play. Yep. Put the ball in Which play. Which is our favorite. For it. Exactly. It's yep. our favorite. I will say this, though, Brig. I don't know if I talked about this on Thursday, but I am reckless when it comes to my voice at baseball games. And Gino Suarez hit a bomb on Saturday night when I was there, and it was gone. My voice was completely gone. I yelled. Wrecked. (laughs) Yeah. I did my Gino Suarez home run call, and I almost, A, I almost passed out, and B, I had no voice after. (laughs) (laughs) You almost passed out? (laughs) I can see you standing and screaming, and the blood rushes to your head, and the blood rushes from your head because equal and opposites rule. And then, boom, you go down. I, <laughs> I had to like lean yes. over and brace myself on the seat in front of me. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm not 25 anymore. <laughs> Get a rail it in. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Oh, I love it. Okay, Brad, I'm going to let you talk about this one. Okay, because so Angel uh, Hernandez, yeah, go, sorry, ahead. go ahead. All right, well, I... Angel Hernandez has baseball <laughs> for not being selected for certain postseason series, specifically the World Series. He he the cited World Series, the World Series. He cited um, racial discrimination, um, but Major League Baseball officially came out in this last week and said, "No, Angel, it's because you miss crucial calls." And my thought was. No kidding. We all know that. And right. <laughs> I'm going to, I just want to show this real quick. This is just from Sunday. Okay? okay. Like it doesn't take very long to go back for having Angel Hernandez being the home plate umpire to be like, yeah, here are some missed calls. Like, I think I made a joke on the VIP group. I was like, the lawyer drops a three inch binder on the, on the table and says, your honor, we'd like to cite last Tuesday's missed calls. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> it's that blatant all the time. And it's yeah. unreal that the union still backs this guy. I know they have to, but still. So this was Sunday. Um, relatively speaking, I feel like it's not too bad. Overall consistency, 94%. Um, overall accuracy, 93%. His strike, his called strike accuracy was 87%. Average is 8 And his called ball accuracy was 97 The problem I have, though, Brig, is that... right? You can't really see because my hand is behind it, but you can see about where my finger goes. <laughs> Yeah, there's this little heat map. Yeah, in the in the heat map, there are three strikes called just outside the zone, and I can specifically remember at least that many balls called in that exact same spot. So the problem I have is that as hitters get into the box, they see, or even pitchers, pitchers see they're getting that call. They pepper that spot, yeah, but then they get a ball called, and like it happened, brick from one batter to the next, like consecutive right. batters i saw it somebody got called out on strike three on that and then the next guy gets called ball two on the exact exact same pitch exact same spot and i was like you can't on, be that homie. wildly inconsistent 
and it's, momentarily, right? It's moment to moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. From moment to moment, and it, it's absolutely unreal. I I can't figure it out, and I I think I remember that that number one there, top of the seventh, I believe is what that is. I yeah. specifically I'm being like, whoa, that's a bad call, but I'm gonna take it because that went in the Mariners' favor. Right. And it's it's infuriating as a fan both ways, though. Yeah. No. Even it, if you're even if your team benefits from bad calls. You still, it's like it doesn't feel good, right? No, it You'll doesn't. take it. You have to take the win because you're excited about the chance of victory. But it doesn't feel. It feels icky to me. To me, it does. It does. Yeah, it does feel icky. And I don't like. It. And I've complained about the same thing for years in the NBA. <laughs> that there's times it's just like, man, it's just it's so ugly. And specifically with Angel Hernandez, it's really, really, really bad night in, night out. I yeah, I can't every believe time. It. So he's not going to be in the World Series. You don't have to worry about that. Um, also, don't have to worry about Joe West being in the World Series either because he is retired. So he hopefully he's retired. Good umpires. Who do you? And who are you most angry at, Joe West or Angel Hernandez? Like if you took it in aggregate and just put it all together, Angel Hernandez retires right now. Who you got? Um, I would honestly say that I would be more. I I think overall is more upset at Joe West. Because he had the ego to go along with it. Like Angel Hernandez, yeah. I didn't even know he was behind the plate until I was kind of like, man, this is really bad, really consistently bad. And then I looked it up. I was like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And I almost <laughs> like, expected it from there. But with yeah. Joe West, you know he's behind the plate because he's going to be barking at both managers and, and staring sure. guys down, you know? And yeah. I feel like that was the issue I had with it is like, we're not here to see you. We're here to see the yeah. players. That yeah, Joe West was more of the umpire show. And, and Angel Hernandez is just consistently bad. <laughs> everywhere baseball family if you have an opinion we want to hear about it especially between those two maybe we should do a poll really quick on the facebook group and ask everybody what they think we'll do it yeah let's do it um okay last thing before we take a break the world baseball classic roster updates are in uh this is where the roster stands at this point just going to read them off to you we know some of these names some are new mike trout mookie betts bryce harper Nolan Arenado, Tim Anderson, Trey Turner, Paul Goldschmidt, JT Realmuto, Will Smith, Kyle Tucker, Trevor Story, Cedric Mullins, and Polar Bear Pete Alonzo. We also learned that Andy Pettit will be the pitching coach and uh, Ken Griffey Jr. will be the, the hitting coach. Yes. Yeah, my first question deal. with that was, um, do they sell jerseys for the coaches? Right. <laughs> I would absolutely buy one yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they will. How could they not? My question though, my question though is not like it's good for baseball, it's good for the clubhouse, it's good to have the mentorship and all that yada yada. What I want to know is though, is this an opportunity for guys like Andy Pettit and Ken Griffey Jr. to try their hand at coaching slash managing and get a feel for what that's like? And just see if maybe that's something they're interested in. It could be. I mean, Ken Griffey Jr. is part of the ownership group now with the Seattle Mariners. I don't know that he would necessarily go in and coach anywhere, right? right? Like he is, he's really, it seems like he's all in on that ambassador relationship that he has with baseball right now. And he's doing a really great job with it too. Great job. Like all over the place, just doing amazing stuff. Uh, for kids and, and being an ambassador for the game. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody brought in Andy Pettit as a pitching coach, though. For sure. Especially if you've got a few lefties on that staff. Teach them that pickoff move. 
that that'd be, be worth its weight in trouble. gold just to teach a lefty the pickoff move. <laughs> it would be for real. Yeah. Oh, speaking of pitchers, real quick, did you see this? Is the last thing I want to talk about before we go to break. Did you see Kevin Gosman got called for a balk finally? So no. he does this. Did it thing. finally happen? It finally happened. So he does this thing right where he, for those of you who don't know, he he has a runner on base and he's in the stretch like a normal pitcher, but he he taps his he taps his left foot so much and then he yeah. hardly comes to a stop or a pause at all before he throws the pitch and an umpire finally called him for a balk and i've been saying every time i watch that dude pitch for sure balk, call the balk they don't call yeah, it one yeah, time yeah. though they called it one time that's all could and be a watershed they moment. called it they he thought they had called it before he even threw the pitch and i was like well they might have because you kind of broke and do it every time it's like a makeup call yeah. for the last 12 years <laughs> yeah yeah, he's like, he's like, it was premeditated. They're planning on doing it. like, yeah, probably because they knew you were going to do it. They knew you were going to balk. So interesting thing to keep an eye on the rest of the way to see if he continues to do that and how often they call him for a balk. Because I think he has the approach that they're not going to call every time. Yeah. Uh, baseball family, before we take a break, last thing. Uh, don't forget, you can jump on ChinookCedary.com for the best seeds ever. For those of you watching on YouTube, you'll see that we have branded our overlays. We are that emphatically supportive of Chinook Cedary and what they do and the, the powers that be, I guess, that bring the wonderful flavors to our faces. It's very exciting. I am an ardent Parmesan and pepper supporter. Brad likes all the other flavors somehow. And we're very excited to be able to bring them to you at a 10% off discount. You can use code BTPOD at ChinookCedary.com for the best seeds ever. Stay tuned. We're going to get into our version of power rankings right after the break. No matter which ballpark you're at, you want to rep your team. Now you can with 9 Plus Us. Welcome to the Big City Series. With every design available in your team's colors, you can fit in with the home crowd or stand out on the road. Either way, we have the colors you crave. Shop the Big City Series and find designs that rep your favorite baseball podcast, cheer from the cheap seats, and much more. Shop the Big City Series only at 9plusus.com. The Nunther Sports Podcast is the home of sports talk for everyone. Every other week, you can catch David and Jason as they talk about all things sports. From current events to classic moments and everything in between, you can find the Nunther Sports Podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and more. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. If you're anything like me, you wish you could read more, but life has you up and moving at breakneck speeds. Driving back and forth to work, dropping off and picking up kids from school, cleaning the house, and much, much more. When do I have time to sit and read an actual book? That's why I use Audible. I can turn my car into a rolling university with Tom Verducci. I can investigate the 1919 Black Sox scandal while vacuuming my stairs. So if you want to learn from Joe Torre, Jackie Robinson, and Jeff Passan. You can, with Audible. Click the link in the description to get your first month free and support the Baseball Together podcast. Welcome back, baseball family. I It's been brought to my attention that I, I have been remanded. Is that the right word? I have been enjoined, perhaps is the right word, to issue a correction. <laughs> When I was talking about Chinook, before we took our break, Chinook Seeds, I said, Brad really likes the other flavors. Then I added the word somehow. 
and it has been brought to my attention that that may have been construed as me not liking those other flavors, which is the furthest thing from the truth. And uh, there you have it. I actually love all the flavors. I just love Parm and Pep. It's my And favorite. you know what? The feedback I get from like so many people is that Parm and Pep is like the creme de la creme. That it is it so is good. for me. Yeah. One might call it the cat's meow. Oh, there you go. Very mm-hmm. good. Okay. <laughs> Brad, tell us about fantasy. Okay. Fantasy baseball, that is. So this last week was the final week of the regular season. Um, so I, my team, the Manitoba man clans went up against Jason's team, the not another fantasy team. He won four sixty one to three thirty four. My top score was Matt Olson with a whopping 52 points. Not a good week for me in fantasy baseball. Uh, he, his top score was Tommy Edmond with the Cardinals scored 98 points, three home runs, 11 for 25 on the week. Pretty good week. Ryan Mountcastle had 87. It took his, his fifth guy was the first guy I outscored, Austin Riley. Unreal. Terrible week for me. Wow. I was eliminated from playoff contention. I guess I was eliminated from advancing to the playoffs uh, with that loss. Brig, also known as Brigger Mortis, was up against um, up against Tory Springfield Nuclear. Brig, you won 556 to 457. Um, your high score was Christian Walker with the D-backs. 97 yep. points. Tory has just been reaping the rewards of Paul Goldschmidt in his MVP season. It's true. He was his high score with 90 points, but then he had Xander Bogarts with 73. Uh, you had Ty France with 94. Ty France is back, by the way. Mm-hmm. He's, a little, he's slumping a little bit, and that dude is back. He's the most back. Like, yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I couldn't have come at a better time. And then we've got uh, <laughs> Zip with the Springfield Isotopes, and then Denise Grace under fire. She won that one, 342 to 214. Um, Zip's high score was Jose Altuve with 53. Denise had Frederick Freeman with 76 points, and then Marcus Simeon had 54. And then our final matchup was Big League Chupacabras. That's Jewel over the Harrisburg Charlies. That's John's team, 384 to 360. Uh, John's high score was Will Smith with 70 points, and Jewel's high score was Cal Raleigh with 64. Cal Raleigh also had an outstanding week last week, yeah. by the way. On that road trip, he, he his OPS, that's the only thing I remember off the top of my head, was like 1.52 or something like that yeah. last week. He was out of his mind. But that's it for the regular season. Now we've gotten into uh, into the playoff matchups. Uh, so, Brig, you and I have both been eliminated from the playoffs. We are playing each other this week in the consolation ladder. What? That's Yeah, that's why we still have a matchup, because we're in the consolation After ladder. After I earned with, 555 points. Only to be eliminated from the playoffs. Ah. Uh, you and I finished 10-10, and 10, and then we had Zip and Tori were both eliminated. Zip was 3-17. and 17. Tori was 9-11. and 11. This week we have... Um, I'm a little upset about the way that the that the bracket auto populated is that yeah. it didn't have like our, our it didn't go by divisions because you've got John against Jewel that doesn't make any yeah. sense as far as ALNL divisions and then you've got Jason against Denise which I guess kind of makes sense but anyway yeah so John was ten and ten apparently he had tiebreakers over us over you and I Jewel mm-hmm. is the number one seed at fourteen and six and then you've got Jason going against Denise. Jason's eleven and nine. Denise is thirteen and seven. So um, we will continue to update because each round goes for two weeks. So the last week in the season, 
we will have our winner who we will crown on this show. This is very show uh, as we talked about playoffs. Yep. The big show. <laughs> the big so, show. There we go. There's our, our fantasy baseball update. Brig <clears throat> and I are officially eliminated. Way to go though. us. <laughs> also, thanks for not blowing me out of the water. Because I didn't know how to make trades and like change my roster for like six weeks or something like that. <laughs> well, so I was so Jason suggested to me. He's like he came up with the idea. I'll be on, I'll give credit where it's due. Is it either Jason yeah, or Jewel, maybe both of them, who said that we should do a fantasy league. I was like, well, okay. I've done base fantasy baseball one time and it was a rotisserie, and it was a terrible experience. You know how they say you can't win the division in, in April, but you can sure lose it. Yeah. I was basically eliminated from everything by like the <laughs> middle of May in this rotisserie league. And I was like, this is stupid. I'm done. So <clears throat> I haven't done fantasy baseball since then. But head to head is a lot more fun because you're still in it. So this we're going to change some rules next year and change some settings and things like that because we learned a few lessons along the way. But that's what these tests are for. So Brig, do you want to take us into our emoji tears? I absolutely will. Baseball family, for those of you who may be new to the show, our emoji tiers are Brad and I's version of power rankings. Instead of going 1 to 30, we really like to make sure they get categorized. We do that with a little system Brad devised called emoji tiers, where we get your fan favorite emojis and we assign teams to put them in categories. Now, typically through the remainder of the season, we have had specific numbers, specific slots that are able to be filled. For instance, the diamond category wasn't able to be uh, more than three teams, then eight teams in successive categories until you get down to poop, which also had three. But we have since changed that as we've gotten into August and September. And so you'll see that reflected this month as we get into our... Emoji tears. Brad, I want you to tell us who you have in your diamond category. Okay, I have the Mets, Dodgers, and Astros. Those are the three best teams in baseball right now. I feel like your World Series winner is going to come out of one of those. The only exception is if the Astros hit a roadblock in the division series. If mm. those teams comes out of the wild card, they get a bad matchup, which could happen, could very well yep. happen. And uh, and they end up getting eliminated in the in the division series. If not, they're definitely. I don't. There's me. Hands down, two best teams. Like, yeah. Incidentally, this is my division or my diamond division as well. This is exactly. I have the same teams. <laughs> I feel yeah. exactly the same way. Um, so we can just move right along from that. The next one down is the heart emoji tier. These are teams we're excited about. And for one reason or another, they're not quite suitable for the diamond, but they also don't belong any farther down. Brad, go ahead. Here's yours. Okay. So I've got the Brewers, Braves, Cardinals, Mariners, Padres, Phillies, Rays, Blue Jays, Yankees in my heart tier. Now, there are a few teams I feel like I have to justify here. First off is the Yankees. I feel like they're just a little bit high in the heart, but I couldn't put them down in the question mark because I still feel like they're a very good team. Because the teams I put in the question mark, I was kind of like, I don't know who these teams are. I don't know what they're going to be going for in the rest of the season. Um, but I think these are still a really good team. They're still a force to be reckoned And if they get the right matchups, playoffs, they could end up in the World Series, especially if they start clicking on all cylinders again. 
the team that we've seen them play as this year is incredibly dangerous and they could show up any day without notice. And I feel like, yeah, I right. mean, maybe that's being optimistic, but at the same time though, you never know when that's going to happen. Another one is the Phillies. The Phillies, the Phillies top to bottom. I feel like they've had a really good roster all year. They've been underachieving. Um, obviously that bullpen is a problem, but offensively they're a really, really good team. Yeah. That once, if they if they click, same thing with the Yankees. If the Phillies click, they're going to be a problem for some teams uh, yeah. the rest of the season and in the playoffs. So those are the two teams I feel like I have to justify uh, why I put them in the heart. But other than that, I feel like everybody's pretty cut and dry. Maybe the Blue Jays because they're so up and down. But I didn't feel like they really belonged in the question mark today. Maybe tomorrow they do. Okay. I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah, Maybe. exactly. And that it changes that quickly right now. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so Who, my heart... My heart's very similar. I've got uh, Brewers, Braves, Cardinals, Mariners, Padres, Orioles, Rays, and Cleveland's baseball team. So a <laughs> <laughs> couple of things I want to justify here. Um, first, I just need to take a moment to congratulate Seattle and all their fans because this has been just unreal. And I am very excited about it for them, even though I took, what was it, five pies in the face this weekend? Because I charged myself interest on the bet because it took oh, me so long to get to it. That's I decided to charge myself interest instead of one pie in the face. I took five. Fantastic. Um, I also had five little kids to appease, so they all got a chance. It was very nice. Um, but then the Baltimore, I really, I'm, I'm starting to fall in love with Baltimore a little bit, and I know it's the swan song. Everybody loves the underdog, and and I'm certainly falling victim to that. But it's not without empirical data to back it up. Adley Rutschman, let's just take him for example. He had five hits tonight. He had five wow. hits tonight. He had six putouts by tonight, obviously, because he's behind the plate. Was that five, was that five hits in one? Because they had a doubleheader today. Was that five hits over the doubleheader? I yeah over over the course of the doubleheader today he had five okay. hits. Okay, so uh, that's what I'm saying. Like. Like he's the real deal. He he didn't stutter step. He hasn't had any issues since he showed up, and now he's starting to really improve this team. Almost, not I want to say by himself because now they've got Gunner up, and Gunner is kicking butt too. So it's super exciting to watch them. But uh, Adley Rutschman has a three point six WAR just in his like I don't know eighty games or whatever he's played, and that leads Major League Baseball, Brad. Yeah, like what <laughs> in <crazy>. the world? <laughs> it's insane, and so I—that's why I put him up here. Uh, come at me if you need if you got a problem with this. I like um, it. Brad. You you ready for your uh, question mark? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So I have the Guardian singular apparently. Um, white the White Sox. <laughs> <laughs> it's all part of that identity crisis. <laughs> it, it is the Orioles and the Twins. Um, and these are, to me, these are the fringe playoff teams, right? Like the White Sox, Guardians, and Twins. They're in that AL Central race. None of them are going to make the wild card, um, no matter what happens. I, I don't see any of them making the the second place team in the Central making the wild card. Um, the Orioles, they're they're a good team, but at the same time, they feel kind of stagnant. I'm looking at their their schedule from the last like month. And they would like win two, lose two, win two, lose two, win three, lose lose two, you know? And like they just won four out of their last five despite losing 
on Sunday, and then they got, but then they got swept in this doubleheader today. So it's like, what do we expect? What can we expect from the Orioles? They're just like right on the outside looking in. I would love for them to get in, right? I want so badly for the Orioles to get in and be the this the third wild card team to the sixteen in the playoffs. But I just I don't know if they're going to get over the hump this year. They might be this year's Mariners from last year, right? Yeah, come up yep. just short by like an hour. Be in totally. the in the hunt and the last hour of the season and then just barely miss out. And then next year there'll be a problem next year. They're going to give a lot of people headaches and they'll be in the, they'll be in the wild card because like you said, Adley Rutschman is a difference maker on that team and he's going to continue to make a difference for them going forward. Here's the other thing I'm going to say about Baltimore is that we, we began the season laughing at them. And I feel like that, that carried forward for a very long time. Um, Big time, like a really, really long time. They were just terrible, and so now they went from losing every single game to now they're winning half. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Well, it's it's one of those crazy things, though. Like, I think Jewel and I talked about this last week on the Seattle podcast. That imagine if the Mariners had not had that terrible stretch. Imagine yeah. if the Orioles had not had that terrible stretch at the beginning of the season, where they would be. Yeah. They'd be right up there with the Yankees and the and the Rays. Yeah, they would. They'd, they'd, be, they'd be shooting for the be. division, not the wild card. Yes, that's a hundred percent. Which is so going to bring me right to my question mark because that's where I put the Yankees right now. Honestly, I am concerned. I am deeply concerned. And we talked about it earlier about Aaron Judge carrying everybody and all the terrible batting averages that are going around. The Pitching is just really sputtering. And I know it has a lot to do with injuries. I can appreciate that. And some of those guys are coming back into the field and they're, they're going to be able to play, uh, you know, these last few weeks. But, I mean, we have, what, 30 games left? Less than Maybe that. Maybe less. It's got to yeah. be 27, 20. Anyway, it's yeah, not enough. I think sounds right. It's not enough to be comfortable. Even though they're at 81 wins, even though they're, you know, they're at least right now going to take that buy, that first round buy. Um, I just don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not comfortable. And I'm not comfortable saying right now that they could stand a chance against any of the teams that come through and meet them at that second tier of the playoffs. Like, I just don't feel good about it. I don't care who it is. And that's a problem for yeah. me. But if it's Houston, it's over. Yeah. So the Yankees going into today had a five-game lead on the Rays, five and a half on the Blue Jays. Yeah. Not insurmountable with what is left no. the rest of the season. And I, I maintain, I still feel like the Yankees could click tomorrow and then just rip their way through the rest of the season. 100%. Run away with the division and get, I don't think they'll get back that first round by, but they could definitely compete for it if, if things yeah. get moving again, but. Four and six in your last ten is not going to cut it. Nope, it's not. But at what is just as likely is that they continue to just crumble. It's true. Like they could turn it all on and and fire on all cylinders, or this is it, and it could go either way. I don't know. That's why mm-hmm. I have them in the question mark. I also have the Phillies, Blue Jays, and Twins in there. Brad, you covered why. On all of these, I don't know what I'm going to get out of the Phillies every day, Blue Jays every day, and the Twins. I don't know. I think they're a headache only for Cleveland, but that's only because of the situation in the Central. Other than that, 
I don't think they're a threat to anyone else. Yeah, That's I think it. you're probably, I think you're right. Yep. Um, okay, you ready to move on to your thumbs down? Yep, let's do thumbs down. Thumbs down. Okay, I have the Angels, Red Sox, Diamondbacks, Rockies, Rangers, Cubs. Did badly to put the Angels in the poop tier again, but they've actually been pretty decent lately. Late, right? It it doesn't matter, but at the same yeah. time, they've been winning some games. Did you see that that picture that came out last week with um, Otani and Trout giving a high five at home plate? With the, the flames fire. in the background, yeah, 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 yeah. Jules like Jewel texted that, and he's like, "Man, this picture's worth seventy wins." I said, "Yeah, too bad. It's really only worth fifty six. Like, <laughs> be a yeah. way better team." And I know Mike Trout missed a bunch of time, even without like that team is should be way, way, way better. They should. They, they yes. have been, and they're finally winning some games recently. Otani's just absolutely out of his mind. I don't know how you don't give that guy the MVP every year. He's because got he's 10 wins and 30 home runs this season he's alone. Literally the most valuable player in the league. Yeah. Like his war is probably what, like six? He's got to be worth at least 10 to 15 wins. I'm looking right now. But, but that's what, like, that's the difference for me with the Angels and the thumbs down to the poop emoji. The Rockies and Rangers, not good teams, but I don't think they're that bad. Same thing with the Giants and Cubs. So those teams could come out and win any day. Um, the Red Sox have been playing better lately, and the Diamondbacks are just kind of up and down. They're not a terrible team, but they're not good, and they're yeah. they're just up and down. Like they beat, <laughs> they came back and they beat the Phillies the day before they lost eighteen to two. Yeah, and anybody yes. can lose eighteen to two. I don't care how good or bad you are; anybody can lose like that. And so, uh, so I don't know. The Diamondbacks are just one of those teams that could win any day. But that's my thumbs down. Let's go to your thumbs down, Brig. First, Shohei Otani. 7.6 war so far this season. Jeez. That's where he's at. It's insane. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Um, my thumbs down, we've got Miami. We've got the White Sox, the D-backs, same reasons you mentioned. Rockies, Rangers, Giants. I don't I don't feel like I have to justify these at all. These are this is my disappointment tier. Um <laughs> <laughs> that's maybe that's what we do next next year is we have uh like a disappointed dad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the disappointed that's, that's, dad tier. <laughs> that's how it feels, right? <laughs> like I forgot who Chris Bryant is at this point, right? And <laughs> seriously, he was the yes. entire payroll of the Rockies. Um yep. and then Miami, the only thing they have really, really going for them is the the whisper of Jazz Chisholm and then Sandy Alcantara. That's it. So yeah. White Sox have Dylan Cease. Let's take a minute and talk about Dylan Cease. Cease is amazing. That dude is not just good. He is fantastic. He is an ace. And we've got to give him the credit he's due. They've either got to build a team around him that can get, get him some run support or he needs to move. And I don't know where he is in his contract. I haven't looked it up. But he needs more for his talent. He just does. He deserves it. So well, that's Lance where we Lynn, are. Lance Lynn pitched really well today okay. against the Mariners. But the problem is that Lance Lynn has been wildly inconsistent this year. Yeah, right. One good game, that's fine. But C- Dylan Cease is good every time. It's the power of the stash. It must be because it's a thing. So he is going to be a free agent in 2026. He's eligible Ugh. for arbitration. 
next year after this. Okay. So, so yeah, they've got him for All a right. while. That's a lot longer than I was hoping for him. Or, but or if things get really bad, that is a great trade piece. An amazing that trade much chip. club control plus the way he pitches. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's I can see. Trade. I can name a couple of teams that would pick him up in a heartbeat. That's yep. amazing. Um, Brad, let's move into your poop category uh, because this is really exciting. This is, poop is good. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so I have the Nationals, the A's, Reds, Royals, Marlins, Tigers, and Pirates. I finally gave way to the Marlins and put them down in the poop tier. Like you said, their saving grace has been Jazz Chisholm and Sandy Alcantara, and he even got lit up the other day, unfortunately, for that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it finally caught up to him. But I'm I'm sure he'll still win the Cy Young Award in the National League. Um, yeah. The Nats have just been awful, but the worst team all year, the A's have just been the bottom feeders of the West. Um the Reds, the Reds showed some promise there for a little while, but they're back to being the Reds right now, just giving up dingers and not hitting many. Um, the Royals have been bad all year, and the Tigers have just been terrible, which is that's been my biggest disappointment this year is the Tigers. They played yeah, so too. well at the end of the well, season last biggest, year, and they had and they made some legitimate moves in the offseason, right? Yeah, like they, they brought in Javi Baez, and yeah. um, who was I can't remember who their catcher was anymore because they ended up sending him back down. They had a rookie catcher who was highly rookie touted. Catcher. Yeah, and they ended up sending him back down to Triple H because he wasn't panning out. He wasn't performing, and you know he still got yeah. next year, but at the same time, so the Tigers have just been such a huge disappointment this year for me. So I agree. That's my poop tier as of September the fifth. What do you have, Brad? All right. So my poop tier looks very similar, just bloated, because <laughs> <laughs> these aren't just teams. <laughs> these aren't just teams that I'm disappointed in like i mentioned earlier these are teams that i have given up on <laughs> i don't i <laughs> i wish i cared but i don't they're getting flushed that's where we're at so the nats fit that category the red sox fit that category the a's reds royals angels cubs tigers rockies pirates and this you know it, it coincidentally has to do with like being 27 games back in their division and stuff like that like i just have and but they also most of these teams don't have a lot of excitement happening on them. The Angels are an exception. Right. Right. I think the Red Sox are an exception occasionally with some of the players they have there, like Rafi or like uh yeah, Devers, Rafael Devers and uh Xander Bogarts. Trevor Story's Bogart playing a little bit better lately. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But, but the that, fact that you know, they aren't winning though. Yeah, they can't pull it together. And I don't know what's going on there, but Anyway, just interesting. But and then well, the, the Pirates like they're Pittsburgh saving has O'Neill Cruz and sorry. Yes. Yeah. Same thing. Get out of my head, Brad. I'm sorry, I apologize. Just late <laughs> talk. It's okay. But that's it. You know, they got they got a flash in the pan here. They got a uh, somebody they can build the franchise around there. The end. They got the Red Sox have a bunch of players that are going to be due up in free agency at the end of the season. That'll be interesting to watch. So yeah, I, I know I am I am concerned for every one of these franchises. The A's have updated us on their waterfront property, um, and you know what the biggest issue is? This is hilarious. I'll just touch on this really quick. The biggest issue with the A's remaining in Oakland, they've got a work up, a, a, like a full CAD produced drawing and everything of what it's supposed to look like and all that. And the biggest issue is wind. Wind? wind wind is the biggest issue on the table right now it has to do with who cares what 
what will happen to air currents and jet streams and how that will affect whatever else it'll affect in the rest of the bay and across Oakland, et cetera, et cetera, and shipping and whatever. Wow. <laughs> but right That's now they're really hung up on wind <laughs> and how the stadium will impact the wind. It's hilarious. I can so okay. We'll I can see that for the city. I thought it was for the stadium. I was like, "Who cares? Chicago has two baseball teams. Get over it." Yeah, no, 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 no. no. If it's, it's not the rest of the city. Okay, it's how it affects. Yeah, broadly, it has nothing to do with baseball. So, <laughs> anyway, so funny. There's your quick update on what's going on in Oakland <laughs> slash Vegas. <laughs> slash Vegas. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yep, exactly. Well, those are the emoji tears. Let us know what you think about those, how we did. If you have any disagreements with us, be sure to let us know. You can jump in the mailbag on baseball.com and send us an email. There's a link in the, in the navigation up top there for you. You can always find it. You can also find that in a link in the description and show notes for every single episode of the podcast. Greg, tell them about the shop. Don't forget to jump on the shop at 9plusus.com. It's N-I-N-E-P-L-U-S-U-S.com, 9plusus.com. Fall ball season is here. You can rep your kid's favorite uh, or your kid's team's colors without repping that team if you really uh, feel strongly about it like we do. And then um, don't forget Christmas is coming up as well. So you can get yourself something nice there. Get your baseball family member or fan the fan in your family something from 9plusus.com. And uh, – yeah. Yeah. There you go. And if you like that. what if you like what we're doing with the show, you can like, <laughs> subscribe, rate, and review. You can follow us on YouTube. If you've watched the show there, make sure you subscribe and give us a like there. If you listen somewhere else, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Also, if you really like what we're doing, you can support the show over on Patreon. We always talk about Briggs Bougie Coffee. You can support the show for less than what it costs for Brig to buy a cup of coffee every, and that's just once a month, not even like two or three times a week. However, Brig gets his bougie coffee. Hey, so whoa. head on over to Patreon, <laughs> and and you can support the show there. You can help us get some projects off the ground that we want to do to help bring you awesome and super fun content. Um, again, five, ten, fifteen dollars tiers there whatever you would like plus bonuses in the bullpen cut but baseball family thank you again for joining us we are getting down the home stretch for sure playoff pushes are coming and it's very exciting and we will catch you next week mm-hmm.